if you eat the right foods, your body will tell you when you're full. You don't need to count calories. Your body will do it for you. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to episode 230 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly workout motivation to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Carnivore JT is with us today to discuss meal prep and grocery shopping on a budget. And also, by popular request, we will be discussing peer-reviewed scientific studies that further poke holes in the calories in, calories out model that most online coaches unwisely use as gospel to teach weight loss. In our experience, this has been unsustainable and an unreliable metric to use for fat loss, even more worthless if fat loss isn't your primary goal. A calorie is not a calorie when it enters the human body, and we're going to talk about why. If you've been listening to either of our shows and you've heard our te- and you've heard testimony after testimony of people who are thriving on low-carb diets despite consuming a high amount of calories, This goes against conventional wisdom for sure. Unfortunately, we've been brainwashed as a society by Bill Gates, Google, and many health supplement companies. This has caused many people to fear fat as apparently it contains nine calories per gram. So today as a species, we have more health complications than ever before because we are not consuming the foods that we are designed to eat. We are the most intelligent species on planet Earth yet we're the only ones confused on what to eat and how much to eat. Carnivore JT is the host of the Inner Carnivore Podcast. Um, He is an equipped food-sponsored athlete. Check out his link tree on Instagram because he has a carnivore cookbook. His apparel is dope. Just bought a couple shirts for my brother's birthday and for uh, Valentine's Day for my wife. They're really funny. They love them. Uh, the the shirt that I got for my brother, uh, bro, I got to tell you, man, he he's been loving it. Uh, it's it's like a spinoff of uh, Chick Fil A, I think. But anyway, it's a chicken with a sign that says "Eat more beef." And uh, for Taylor, I definitely got her the one that says "Just smoke it" with the smoker on there because uh, it's my smoking hot wife. What can I say? So, <laughs> uh, Carnivore JT is legit, and you got to check out his online store. He's become a great friend of mine as we continue to collaborate together and learn from each other. Proverbs 3, 13 through 14 says, Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. CJT is a wise man in the nutrition space, someone that I learn a ton from every time we collaborate, so it's truly an honor to have him back on the show. Uh, Check out our highly popular session number 37 of our nutrition podcast, Carnivore Coach's Corner, where we walked through his carnivore cookbook, walking you through recipes of lobster tail to pork belly to stuffed chicken breast to, of course, how to grill the perfect steak. (laughs) Uh, Carnivore is very, very doable on a budget. If you're tight on cash, welcome to the club. My diet is less than $6 a day, so we're going to cover that later. Carnivore JT, welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, sir. How's it going? Thank you for having me. It's going wonderful. Thanks for being back on, man. So... Carnivore JT and I have been accused lately of being unintelligent, uh, liars, and making false claims. How about that? Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> zealots. You can't forget Absolute. zealots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, def- we're definitely zealous. Zealots because uh, zealots are defined as being people that are uncompromising. And yeah, on that note, we are zealots. Absolutely. Because I don't think that health is something that you should compromise on. All right. So we have 
<laughs> Definitely more than this now, but uh, the last that I checked, it was 260 comments on a recent post where I claimed that fat loss does not require a calorie deficit, something that I prove in my own practice all the time and with all of our clients. And so uh, all, almost all the comments and the feedbacks have been pretty eye-opening. Uh, they've been great, such as you tell them, guys, uh, this makes so much sense. Hey, yeah, same thing worked for me. I'm losing weight on keto, even though I'm apparently eating too many calories too. This is what most people are saying. So um, this one comment here, m.cranz, I don't even know how to pronounce this this name, K-R-A-N-S-I-C-A-N, one of the one of our keyboard warriors on this post. He goes, it all just boils down to the fact that his clients used to eat shitloads of carbs. That's a grammar mistake, but what uh, shit shitload. Yeah, it's definitely a gram- grammar mistake, whatever. Uh, of carbs, hopped on keto, depleted their already overfilled glycogen reserves, and since one gram of glycogen holds three plus grams of water, they lost a bunch of water weight, and even on a surplus keto diet, and this dude not understanding biology and research and thinks he's made the greatest discovery ever. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) my response to that, your accusations might hold some weight if that was true. Most of my clients have been carnivore longer than me and understand better than I do. It's a lifestyle and not a crash diet. Proverbs 15.22 teaches to surround yourself with the right people. It's amazing what I've learned from these incredible people that I respect over the years. For you to water down their results is a shame and highly ignorant. The water loss is temporary, as I'm sure that you know. Abstaining from carbs long-term results in several health benefits, starting with a higher metabolism. Happy to discuss this further with you. Do you like to talk man-to-man or argue in comments like most people these days? I'm old school. Let's go live. Smiley face. And no response back from that. (laughs) Any thoughts on that one before I move to the next one? Oh, man. So... I got a lot of thoughts, but yeah, because you because because you, you and I you and I are always always up to go live, always up to 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 debate, and uh, nobody seems to want to. <laughs> the the big struggle I've had is, and I I actually had like I've actually been thinking about this for the last week, right? Like how I want to convey what my my thoughts and opinions are. Mm-hmm. And I actually changed a little bit. Uh, I think it was yes, it was yesterday or the day before. Um, when another guy kept going off in comments and I realized that there's no middle ground with somebody who is obsessed with this idea of calories in calories out. Um, yeah, I've, I've met two types of people. There's the type of people that view calories in calories out as a model. And it's a way to attempt to explain an energy deficit. Then there's people that think that calories in calories out is the energy deficit. And thus it is thermodynamics and infallible. Those are the people that I have a really hard time with because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like any science, um, you know, person who's super into science, like the, the theory of relativity, right? I can't disprove the theory of relativity if you're going to argue that with me because it's not anything plausible. I will never go the speed of light. I will never get to the point of where the theory of relativity may even remotely be plausible. We don't so need you, a peer. We don't need a peer-reviewed scientific study to prove that. <laughs> well, it, so you always have a fallback, right? You always have right. a fallback of to oh well, this, and that's that's what it is with these people who think that calories in, calories out is gospel and thermodynamics because mm-hmm. there's no way to disprove it because they'll always go back to oh well, there's an energy deficit. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll give you the energy deficit. I won't even argue that point. I will argue the fact that trying to calculate 
calories in and trying to calculate calories out has so many issues that it's doing more harm than good. Absolutely. The, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that, I mean, I'm trying to get people to eat fat. That's my whole goal. When I, when, when I have people on a, on a new plan, right. Um, that's our ideal metabolic state. We should always be either in ketosis or fasted, uh, very, very rarely fed. Most animals in the, wilds, in the wild are fasted most of the time. They're not fed all the time. As Americans, for some reason, we think that we need to be eating five meals a day. And so, yeah, if you're eating five meals a day, like you got to set limits around it somehow. It's really hard to do if all those meals have carbs in them too. And so it, here, comes, here comes calorie counting. Here comes calorie tracking. And then people look at nutrition labels and they go, whoa. Um, the easiest way to cut back on calories is removing all my fat. That's a horrible idea. That's a recipe for disaster, especially if you're a natural bodybuilder, because your, te your testosterone is going to tank. It is going to absolutely ruin your prep, and it's going to make it really, really hard to burn fat. I know, I, I know all this from experience. As a natural bodybuilder, the last four shows that I did, 10 times easier, 10 times easier than the first shows that I did, and my, and my physique was better. <laughs> Okay, so this next one, <laughs> this is at B-A strong underscore B-87. This dude goes, do you have a source on keto breaking the laws of thermodynamics? And so I said, which of the laws are you referring to? Because most people are like, oh, the law of thermodynamics. And I'm like, you know that there's multiple laws of thermodynamics, right? And so anyway, he goes, the first one. I'm like, okay, uh, so... The first law of thermodynamics states that when energy passes into or out of a system as work, heat, or matter, the system's internal energy changes in accordance with the law of conservation of energy. This does not account for insulin, the thermo, the, the, excuse me, the thermic effect of food, its impact on your endocrine system, and ketosis, just to name a few. And then we were even talking about the thyroid before this, right? Uh, before we, before we hit record, if you're in if you're in a state of chronic inflammation all the time, uh, just like that person that commented this morning on a different post about fiber, and, and and saying that you can eat as much fiber as you want and not gain weight, that's actually not true, because that because that uh, that that causes glycos um, uh, glycosylation to take place. Glycation, glycosylation. I get the two confused. Glycation, excuse me. It causes glycation to take place. That cre that creates chronic inflammation. That is horrible on your thyroid. What hap what what is your what is your thyroid partially responsible for? Burning fat and maintaining a healthy body weight. If you don't if your if your thyroid glands aren't working and your thyroid's low, burning fat is like basically impossible. So those are a few things that it doesn't that that does not take um, into consideration. So keto does not deny uh, excuse me deny the law of thermodynamics. We're just simply not comparing apples to apples. We don't track time in inches, and we shouldn't track food intake and expenditure with the measurement that was invented for steam engines. Yeah, and that's so that's that is the point that it will always come back to, um, and that's the point that I will begin to argue with a, you know, calorie counting because calories, so I will give somebody calories if they use it as a potential metric for the potential energy of your food, because that's literally all a cal calories is right. Mm -hmm. Calories is by the measurement of calories. If I drop this in a bomb calorimeter, how much is it going to raise? How many grams of water? How many degrees Celsius? That's what a calorie right. is, right? Right. Now that's, that's fine and dandy. And I 
don't think that's necessarily a bad metric to track the amount of food that you're eating once you understand how your body works with that food, right? So for me, for example, if I, I could use calories, if I'm doing ground beef and steak for the most part, right? Because I know how I respond on it and the number of calories are going to tell me how much food I eat. And sometimes it's a little bit easier than just doing it in ounces, right? It's easier to say, oh, I'm eating 600 calories of ground beef versus I'm eating, you know, eight ounces of ground beef. The problem is, and I've actually, this is actually where the conversation went that changed my mind on, you know, giving people the benefit of doubt with calories is in the calories in calories out model, it is not calories in until you metabolize it and absorb it. Hmm. So that's my problem with calorie counting. Um, and the example I use is milk, right? If you take milk and all factors are equal and you have multiple people, let's say three people, and all your factors are equal as far as calories out, their resting metabolism, their BMR, all of this stuff, right? And you give them the exact same amount of milk, but one of them is lactose intolerant. One of them has lactose malabsorption and one of them has no problem at all, right? All three yep. of those people will intake different number of calories because they will not metabolize that milk, the lactase in that milk the same. Yeah. So why would I use that as a metric? Because now what you're trying to say is I not only have to try and calculate the number of calories I'm taking in, but I now have to calculate how many I'm absorbing, how many I'm digesting, how many I'm metabolizing. And then I have to try and calculate all these factors that do the out. And so that's where I think, you know what, fine, you can have your calorie deficit. We'll even say it's a calorie deficit. I'll say it's an energy de deficit. You have to be in an energy deficit to lose weight. Cool. Calories is a terrible metric in order to try and track it because the average person cannot accurately predict what they're in or out is. And unless you're relatively metabolically healthy, you're not going to be able to use that as a, a solid metric going forward. Right. Where, where I where I see where I see the biggest uh, where, where I see the biggest variance every single time. I mean, I, I literally see this every week, if not every other week. But when I have someone that uh, I mean, the first thing first thing I want to know if they're especially if they're on a cutting goal, right? So like most of my clients have been keto carnivore actually quite a bit longer than me. Um, they're on it because they have to be because they have some sort of an autoimmune issue or something. And so like some people like literally die if they're not on the carnivore diet, right? So like that's who that's most of my clientele right now, and. Uh, but, but a lot of these people, like they've never done a bodybuilding show and they don't realize what they can do with aesthetics with it. And so that's, um, that's like my main niche as a, as an online coach. Right. So, um, if somebody comes to me and hypothetically is consuming, uh, 200 grams, let's just use round up round, easy numbers, 200 grams of protein and 200 grams of fat right now. And their goal is to cut. Um, I'm actually going to bump their fat up to like 235 in most cases and then drop it and drop their protein by 35 grams. So what does that give us? 160 and what excuse me, 165 235, right? So then what that's going to do is that's going to lower their insulin. They're going to get deeper into ketosis and they're going to be losing weight. It's not water weight, it's fat because they have less insulin, they're storing less fat. And even though they're consuming more fat, their body's becoming more fat adapted after that first week. This is how I this is how I start most people, uh, especially guys. Ladies, 
some some of them don't respond quite as well if I push their fat up 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 quite that high. Um, and then they'll get diarrhea, and then we have like a phone call the next day, and I'm like, all right, let's make some adjustments. <laughs> um, but that's but but that's pretty much always what I do. And so technically speaking, their calories are higher. And that's what and that's what I do too. At the end of a bulk, when I want to cut, the first thing I do is jack up my fats and I drop the protein. Like I don't I don't cut I don't cut it out a whole lot, but I definitely cut it. But but I cut it back a good ten or twenty percent from where it was. And I feel I and, and I always feel better. I have more energy. I'm glad that I I'm glad that I did it, especially coming off of a bulk. Usually I'm okay with eating a little bit less, but yet I'm eating more calories technically and burning fat. This happens every this happens every single week. And so it drives me crazy when people go, oh, it all comes down to calories in, calories out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We're not steam engines. We're human beings. We're a lot more complicated than that. Well, that's that's where I've decided to stop arguing the calories in calories out and mm-hmm. switching my terminology because in the scenario that you are, are describing to appease them. Sure. I can still get into an energy deficit by increasing my calories. Yeah. Because the food that I eat absolutely matters on that output. Um, I actually have a study. One of the first studies I found, let's see it. I'll have to, uh, let's see it. Uh, so it was a randomized trial and it was the effects of your low carbohydrate diet on energy expenditure during weight loss. And so what weight loss maintenance, that's the, the title of the, the research. And so what they did is they took, I believe it was 170 participants and split them into three groups and they kept their protein the same. So t- protein was 20% of the calories for, from protein. Mm-hmm. Um, they measured everybody's output. So they did it with a CO2 reader and they adjusted energy levels to keep them in a weight loss phase. And what they found is, so they had the three groups were a 60% from carbs, 40% from carbs, 20% from carbs. And then they would adjust fat, um, and the overall ratios to keep them in a deficit while still maintaining those ratios. And what they found is from the energy expenditure, the lowest group, the 20% from carbs, actually burned over 250 more calories a day. Everything else factored in, right? No additional exercise, no additional any of this stuff. Yeah. That group burned more calories the lower they got into carbs. And so what they came up with is that for every 10% reduction, in carbs for your daily caloric intake, you burned about 70 more calories just by adjusting your macros. And so, you know, people are gonna be like, oh, well, you know, energy deficit, blah, blah. Okay, cool. All it's saying is that by adjusting your macros, you can maintain similar calories. You will burn more calories based on the food that you're eating. And that's literally my whole point. The food (laughs) that you take in definitely affects that output. So sure, you can still, you can have your energy deficit. That's fine. That doesn't mean that I can't still raise my calories and still get into an energy deficit without doing any extra cardio or any extra working out or any extra anything. Yeah. Because my hormones and my metabolism absolutely do affect that. Yeah. 100%. This guy's been asking for peer reviewed scientific letter literature. Uh, Anecdotal evidence. Apparent, apparently, anecdotal evidence, aka real world proof, doesn't hold a lot of weight these days. 
my bodybuilding athletes we put on stage in 2023 consume more calories than most all other competitors going into the show. They're all natural, no PEDs, no fiber, no plants, no carbs in most cases. Um, I make sure that their hormones are banging in all cylinders so that they're not starving when they step on stage. So far, apparently, it's working great because uh, we now have a WNBF pro. And Nate, the guy that I just, I just published a YouTube video yesterday with uh, him and me teaching how to do hamstring curls, and he missed his pro card by actually a split judging decision when we when we were in New Hampshire together a couple months ago. So uh, for, for Nate's prep, his macros got as low as 200 grams of protein and 280 grams of fat. That's as low as they got. That's that's rock bottom for him. Okay, he's he was eating ground beef and uh, and and we and we cut out butter pretty early in. So he was basically on the lion diet minus uh, minus some sh- like sugar free energy drinks, and that's pretty much it. And then uh, the, the the metabolic nutrition pump formula that he that he was on. Um, so he did uh, he did do one forty eight hour fast on grind week, which is the, that's what I call the week before peak week. Peak week is your week that you step on stage. Grind week is always kind of my least favorite week. I feel a For lot sure. better. <laughs> yeah, like you're so close on peak week that that is that it's just like you can power through it. But but man, when you're two weeks out, life sucks, man. <laughs> in most cases, not in his case, he was feeling great. So uh, we even went so far as to eliminate steak and replace it with ground beef because it was easier to track. Because like with ribeyes, you never really know exactly yep. how much protein is in it, how much fat is in it, how it's marbled, and like. You can you can you can get two ribeyes that look exactly the same. You take them out of the package and then flip them over, and they look completely different. You're like crap, you know, it completely throws off your math. And so, uh, like nor- normally, this is way too like neurotic, and we're splitting hairs, obviously. But I mean, like when you're on contest prep and you're going for a pro card, you spend all this money on your show. I mean, he he paid for me to to fly over there and be with him in the hotel and like you know be with him every step of the way and everything. And so, like when you when you invest that much into a show, you want every single detail working for you but yeah uh do you have any idea how many calories that is 200 grams of protein and 280 grams of fat uh so that's 800 if you did three <laughs> that'd be 20 that'd be about 3400 <laughs> wow wow you're good at that yeah i had to use a calculator when i did this but it's a uh, 3320 calories a day and so it, and, and he was on the strict lion diet his last three months leading into the show so what we did was we optimized his digestion right uh, and this this is the standard for for how I do my prep and how I do everybody's prep uh, because we really we really perfected it on that one. But uh, he yeah, so he did con- consume some sugar free energy drinks. Uh, was never hungry. He did not do one step of cardio his entire prep. Um, all the judges agreed that he was by far the most conditioned athlete on the stage at the INBF WNBF Granite State Open in New Hampshire. Uh, he's been keto carnivore for years. Like I said, he's on Crohn's. He, uh, he has Crohn's disease, so like he has to do this, otherwise he'll die. He'll like he has to be on. He has to be on the carnivore diet. Uh, so Nate's contest prep has become the foundation for how how I treat my own cutting protocol, as well as everybody else that we're training right now. Um, all my current bodybuilders are following basically the same blueprint. It's worked for me better than anything that I've done before. And as you know, currently I'm six months out from guest posing again at um, at the Open Natural. So. Um, so that's basically what what, um, what what my strategy is right now, too. So whenever any of my clients and any of us hit a fat-burning plateau, my favorite thing to do is to simply drop protein by 15 grams, 20, 25 grams, whatever, increase fat. And so that's uh, if it's 15 and 15, that's a 24-calorie difference. You're 24 calories higher. 
Simply put, this increases their metabolism, it lowers their insulin, and they break through their plateau every single time. Ketones are anti-catabolic too, so that's why we're not worried about losing muscle. This only works too, by the way, if you're not eating carbs. So you have to try it yourself and prove it for yourself. A calorie deficit is not necessarily required to lose weight. Weight loss has to do with your endocrine system. So no one critical of how I train my athletes has actually tried this. They are addicted to carbs. They're set in their ways, and they can't accept that some coaches do things differently. And they are straight up offended to the point to slander and insult people who are thriving on low-carb diets. Just because someone else is thriving because they've moved on past their addictions does not mean that they are lying. That's fucked up. It pisses me off. That's lazy. It's unacceptable in the health space. So shame on you if you call yourself a health coach and you're talking like that. Congratulate people on their victories. Don't put people down for their accomplishments just because it steps on the toes of conventional wisdom. Yeah, and I, I think that completely illustrates why the calories out portion is the portion that we need to get rid of because, you know, you, you'll get a couple responses. You'll get their line, right? They're not actually eating that much. Um, or you'll get, well, that's fine. They just have like, they're a genetic freak and they just have a, you know, crazy yeah. high. Yeah, all, 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 all these, all these people are, li- all these people are liars. They, they all cut out carbs. They feel better. They, <laughs> they, they've, they've changed, they've changed their lives and, 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 and we're all lying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and so that's why I think it's an inefficient metric because sure. Guess what? You can still have, even if we want to go back to thermodynamics, you can still have a negative energy balance by eating that many calories. All that says is that there can be a huge variation from one person to the next on the energy that you exert, the energy that you burn throughout the day. That That's literally all that is saying. And that is my point. And why I have such a problem with calories in calories out is because I think there is such a huge variation in everybody in terms of the calories out portion that you can't accurately predict it. And that's why I take aim at these people who do online calculators. Um, Congratulations. I'm going to go online and I'm going to put in your information, which is your age, your sex, your height, and your weight. Yep. Actually, I don't think heights on most of them. I think it's just weight. And congratulations, it's going to spit out a number, and that's where we're going to start with. Like, stop. Like, you can't compare. And and the analogy I used is, congratulations, you've now compared a 200-pound, 90-year-old woman with a six-foot-one D1 football player. Are are you really going to tell me that they now have the same basal metabolic rate? Like, get out of here. Like, that's just nonsense. And that's why I think, like, I'm not even going to debate calories. You can have your energy deficit. I will give that to you. I'm just going to suggest that you could have a 1,500, 2,000 calorie variation on in between people and one being an energy deficit and one being an energy surplus. Absolutely. Meal timing. That's another one. So if, if you're listening right now, try this for yourself for yet another way to disprove calories in, calories out. Uh, transition, from, transition from three to five meals a day to OMAD. Uh, don't change any of your meals. Simply fit them all into a four-hour window. I have never seen this not result in fat loss, not just water weight. I'm talking fat loss too. Everybody's like, oh, you're just losing water weight. You're just losing water weight. I'm like, yeah, well, eventually we're going to, we would get dehydrated and die. And so like after the first 10 pounds, you can't just say that we're losing water weight anymore. <laughs> so um, I, I believe that we should, uh, that we should be eating one to two meals a day, uh, generally speaking as humans. 
Okay, so why would a why would any here's another thing? Why would any reasonable coach recommend not to track calories and to abstain from carbs? Uh, because carbs are delicious. I've accepted that they're I've accepted that they're addictive and have absolutely no health benefits and absolutely no performance benefits for my own personal bodybuilding goals. And that's a hard way to sell supplements because we advocate to eat in most cases exclusively meat, water, and salt, right? That's all I'm eating right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even using any supplements. I could make way more money if I just said, Hey, I'm going to sell, I'm going to, I'm going to sell supplements the rest of my life. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not going to do the lion diet and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to treat the carnivore diet the way that I think it should be done. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to be writing plans the way that I think they should be written. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do whatever, whatever pays the most money. I mean, like that would be the most logical thing to do. Like uh, from a business perspective, I don't think that's ethical. Though I don't have the heart to do that. Um, I think people are better than that, and I think that, and, and I and I think that um, using calories in your in your meal plan and thinking about how much calories is in every single bit of food that you're eating, I think that's really really destructive mentally. Yeah, and, and there's actually so I found a couple more studies. Um, when people rely on calories, you completely discredit and you don't take into account hormones and i'm not even talking about hormones from a all other metabolic standpoint Mm -hmm. i'm talking about hormones that trigger things like a feeling of fullness i think it's disingenuous to put somebody on a food plan that makes them hungry right and you'll see this well in a deficit you're going to be hungry no you don't have to be okay The, the body's very smart like the body is designed and, and I'll, I'll go any which way. I personally believe we were created, but even if you want to go evolutionary, okay, we were thanks created. For, we thanks, were thanks, thanks for saying, thanks for saying that, by the way, sometimes I feel like I'm the only creationist <laughs> in the nutrition oh, no, I, ab- I absolutely believe it. <laughs> Wonderful. Cool. Cool. So, but still, I think no matter which one you, which one you believe, you can still get to the same conclusion that we've been created or we've been adapted to run very efficiently and we have hormones that tell us when we have enough and we have hormones that tell us when we don't have enough and the type of food that you eat can definitely affect that so there, there was a couple studies one they put um it was uh 12 12 men came in and they literally had them in um clinic right and so basically it was kind of like jail like they just hung out in their cells they didn't have any interaction with the interviewers or with the uh, the scientists. And then they basically had like yard time where they could go out and uh, interact with the other participants. And these are voluntary, by the way, just so nobody thinks that is crazy. And they had access to food, right? They had unlimited access to food. And what they did is after the first six days, they took some of the food that they were eating and they swapped it for low calorie, lower calorie alternatives. Um, the study's a little bit older, so I'm, I'm having troubles finding the the full text. Mm-hmm. But basically, what it is, it resulted in them eating 500 calories less, right? So think like full fat yogurt to low fat yogurt, like those kind of replacements, without telling the participants. Right. And just for the they, record, too, no, no, but nobody should be eating low fat anything. I'm just going to throw that out there as no, a and, and here's why, right? Here, here's exactly why. So there are 500 calories. They consumed 500 calories less by yep. eating those substitutions. Okay. They instantly. They instantly compensated for that decrease in calories by eating other foods to raise their caloric intake. Yeah. Without even being told, 
right? They're like, I'm eating this, I'm eating this, I'm eating this. All of a sudden I'm eating the same thing, but it's not as many calories. So I instantly start eating more to raise my caloric intake. And what they found is when they flipped it, right? When they reintroduced the full calorie options, they did not change in the opposite direction. So now all of a sudden they're eating more, right? I'm eating more calories, more calories, more calories. They didn't all of a sudden stop eating. And what's, what they found is that your body will adjust for a caloric deficit by triggering hormones. Now there's more studies that come out and leptin's a huge one. If people don't know what leptin is, leptin is your hormone that tells you I'm full. Yep. So you have ghrelin that tells you I'm hungry and leptin that tells you I'm full. We call, we call, we call them gremlins. Yeah, right? And so when you go into, and this isn't everybody, but especially in obese people, when you go into a caloric deficit, leptin does not act the way it should, and it does not tell you that you are full. So now you not only are trying to eat less food, but you are now trying to battle your hormones, which is telling you to eat more. Yeah. Leptin is also responsible for storing fat, and leptin will also lower your energy levels in your cell metabolism because that is your body's designed response. When I no longer have the calories that I'm accustomed to, calories, food, whatever you want to call it, my body goes into and says, Hey, we need to eat more. We need more. And Oh, by the way, since I'm not sure we're going to get more, I'm going to start storing extra fat. Mm -hmm. Now I brought this up and somebody goes, are you saying a caloric deficit? You're going to get fat. No, I'm not saying that you're all of a sudden going to store a bunch of fat, but what I'm saying is it's going to change your metabolism. Yep. And instead of utilizing those nutrients that are in your blood, your body's going to start storing them and then ask for more because it now does not have enough to go through your regular cell metabolism. I, ironically enough, I, I learned that from Lane Norton of all people um, when I was uh, back when I was tracking calories and back when I was doing all that. But 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 I did but uh, but, I, but I do remember him saying that the closer you, that you get to a show for the re for a lot of the reasons that you're describing, your uh, your 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 metabolism is just gonna you know get shot, and so you need that's why you need to do a reverse diet coming back out of it. And that reverse diet is 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 really really important to make sure that you don't go overboard. And that you don't just start eating everything in sight because your body becomes more efficient at storing fat at that point. It becomes extremely efficient at, at storing fat. And you can actually create more fat cells in your body depending on how, how severe and for how, how long you've been under eating. Yeah, and that's to Sorry, continue that. to prove why it's, you know, you then have a problem with people who go on long-term caloric deficits and then regain that weight is they did a study on long-term um, weight loss and they found that even after a year a prolonged year of caloric deficit mm -hmm. those leptin levels did not return to baseline so you now still have this hunger and now you're telling people that okay fat loss is easy right all you have to do is eat less but you now have to spend your entire life trying to fight this hunger craving yep. and guess what Fighting a hunger craving sucks. That like, takes willpower, and and all all of us only have so much willpower. I don't care who you are. That that the willpower is a finite resource. Yeah, and that's that's people's example, and that's why I think calories in, calories out is a crux that coaches and trainers can fall back on because they go, oh well, you didn't stick to it. You overate. Yeah, no, you put them in a situation where it was almost impossible not to overeat. Yeah, and you pro and you and you and you probably and you probably nailed them down to like a twelve month contract or something. So now they're screwed and they don't know how to get out of it. 
<laughs> and now you and now you're just making free money for the next year. Good job, dude. That's the that that that's that's the bit that's the business model of uh of of most small um most most excuse me most uh most big box gyms. They want, oh yeah, they want, and that's they, they they want they want you to pay for a membership and never go back, right? <laughs> and that that's why I'll fight people on the fact that I'm like, bro, you just you literally just picked up a personal training textbook. Like I literally that was I was a trainer in a big box gym. I was a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness. And yeah. then I was fitness manager at 24 Hour Fitness where I literally hired and trained and I reviewed literally every client that came into our gym. Yep. So I've seen this hundreds, thousands of times yeah. where you sit down and have a client review and you go, okay, what's happening with this person? And they're like, yeah, they're just not following the, the plan I, I wrote up for them. I wrote them a good plan. I put them in a calorie deficit and they just didn't follow it. Oh, well. Like, no, like that's, that's disingenuous. What you're telling somebody is, Hey, you have to force yourself. I mean, like after the 10th time, you should notice that there's a pattern, there's something wrong. Right. And that, and that, and that you're not really helping as many people as you really should be. You got, you got, you got to, you got to meet people halfway and figure out where they're tripping up. And that's where I find that people are tripping up, man. Exactly. It's like that if, if, if they can stick to the meal plan, great. And that's, that's what that's what I'm here for, you know. After the after after the after the first couple of months when they fall off the wagon, that's when I'm reaching out and I'm calling and I'm like, "Hey, what happened? How can we how how can how can we get back? How can we get back on the wagon?" And have and and ha, and having particularly the addictive carbs, the really really sweet ones, particularly particularly the processed ones, it's just a nightmare, man. Like it's it's just it's hard for me to stick to a meal plan that has that kind of stuff, and it. it's hard for 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 most of the people that I that I've ever worked with, and I think that's kind of why I just kept gravitating towards paleo and towards keto and towards carnivores. I'm like, wow, this is just, this is more sustainable. And the less that I'm thinking about calories, the more that I'm eating intuitively and appreciating this food for what it is and for what's doing doing inside my body, that's sustainable. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And, and people, people like to infer what I think because of my, my handle and the way that I eat. I don't necessarily recommend that every single person go no carb or low carb even. Um, but I do think there's an issue with refined carbohydrates. Um, and that's, that's one of the basis for the, uh, carbohydrate insulin model, which attempts mm -hmm. to explain why we have an obesity problem versus the energy balance. It's not just an energy balance issue. It's the fact that ultra processed refined carbohydrates, um, play havoc on our hormones and they play havoc on insulin, which does similar to what leptin does, right? Yeah. It promotes fat storage. It lowers our our uh, metabolism it promotes insulin resistance so then we just produce more insulin and it's just it leads to all of these problems um and i think the the ultra processed refined carbohydrates are a huge issue and i find it's personally easier if i just don't do carbohydrates at all like yep. it, i just feel better it's easier i don't have to worry about you know because once once you eat a grape right you eat a couple grapes and you're like oh that that's pretty good you know what maybe i will have some chips are cool. And then you use some chip. You're like, you know what? Maybe I always have some chocolate. And it's just, it's so much easier to just go down that road. If I go, you know what? I'm just not going to, I don't feel better eating. Even if it's fruit, I don't feel better eating fruit. And it's probably just going to lead to me going, ah, eh, well, I ate some carbs anyway. So fuck it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want now. Yeah. And then it just goes down. And then two hours later, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, yep. Car carbs taste great. I'm not denying that, but you know what tastes better than carbs? Vitality. Um, you were talking about your uh, you're, you're talking you were, we were talking about 
online calculators earlier, and so I actually pulled one up for my for my for myself. So I wanted to run uh, my macros by you. So for my next guest posing appearance, uh, my physique is going to be better than it was last time. That's my goal, right? So I'm not technically competing, but in my head, like man, if I'm going to step on stage, I just see red, right? <laughs> so like mentally, I'm definitely competing. I'm definitely beating the the physique that I presented last time that I was in Seattle for the Open Natural co-hosting this show. So my current macros right now are 200 grams of protein and 250 grams of fat. That is one to two meals a day. Um, sometimes I'll sip on bone broth throughout the day. And so I don't know if that counts as breaking the fast or not. I don't really care because if it's working for me, then why argue it? Um, I'm eating... So that, that equates to 3,050 calories per day. I've lost five pounds in the last week doing this. I actually hit a new low this morning. I was 202. I was like 206, 207, 205, 206, 202 this morning. Whoa, that was cool. So um, I am never hungry. Um, according to calculator.net, that's that's how I got the, uh, th th oh, excuse me, according to calculator.net, my BMR is... 1943 calories per day so based on my activity level i burn uh 2847 calories per day i haven't had carbs in years uh most carb loving coaches would agree excuse me most carb loving coaches would argue that i'm either lying or that i'm losing water weight or worse yet muscle uh follow me on instagram guys if, if, if that's what you think all right i'm definitely not losing muscle and i just finished a, a, a excuse me a a keto lean bulk haven't lost any strength and actually, th those videos that I'm putting in my stories, that is exactly how much food that I'm eating. So uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm showing everybody exactly how much food that I'm eating. I'm weighing it out to the gram. Okay. There is, if, 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 you, if, you, if you think there's margin of error, I mean, like, okay, I don't know, maybe like a little, like a little bit here and there, but like um, it's 73% ground beef. Like I'm, I'm weighing out exactly how much tallow that I'm putting on top of it and like what's gelatin. So I know exactly what's protein and exactly what's fat. And this, and, and this, and this is still what I'm coming up with. How is it possible that I'm, that, that I'm, that I'm eating more calories than apparently what I'm burning and yet still, still losing weight. I mean, I know that this is anecdotal evidence only still, but when you, but when you see this happen over and over and over again, you just can't argue it anymore. No. And that's, that's the problem with calculators. Right. And that's, um, I actually, you know, our buddy, uh, D rock came back. Um, because I did a video that we, we use that we use that term loosely. <laughs> uh, because I did a video on the guy who explained. He's like, "This is how you do your your caloric." And, 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 did, did, you said you said that you said earlier this week that he like found your TikTok and started harassing you on there too. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, I, I tagged him in the first video. I was like, "I'm going to do a video, and I'm, you're going to know that I'm <laughs> okay, about you." Um, but yeah, he comes onto my video and he's like, you know, starts japping at it and i'm like the video that i did for people who didn't see it is the guy literally said this is your maintenance calories take your body weight times 15 okay and i was like like that's not like your bmr that's the calculator that you just did he's like take your body weight times 15 i was like okay that's literally one of the silliest things i've ever done like even ever considered and that's when i said and, and he's saying okay, that and he's he's saying that tells you how many calories that you're uh that's your maintenance that's if you eat that, that's your maintenance. So for me, that's uh, three thousand calories. Okay, right? multiply, multiply it times fifteen. No, your body weight times fifteen. Okay, yeah. So so for me, at two hundred two pounds, it's uh, th th three thousand thirty pounds. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, or calories that is. Yeah, and so when I look at it, I'm like, okay, for me, that's probably not too far off, right? But there's a difference. One, I'm not overweight. Yeah. Two, I'm fairly metabolically healthy. And three, I don't have any issues. 
mm-hmm. per se. I've like, got some mental stuff going on, but you know, like I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but but like, so when I do that, okay, that I could maybe make that work for me. The problem is that doesn't work for everybody. Like you cannot tell me that every single person is going to have you know the same response to food. And so then I then went further and I said at the very end, I was like, yeah, if your trainer uses a total daily energy expenditure calculator, which is what you just used, mm-hmm. they're not much better. And he like came back and he's like, yeah, math's hard, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, weight loss is not math. Like you can make it math all you want. But this whole idea that weight loss is mass started in 1958. That's the science we're going off of is 1958. When a guy took a pound of fat and put it in a bomb calorimeter, he yeah. goes, okay, so this pound of fat has 3,500 calories in it. So then for some reason, for the last 60 years, we've decided that as long as I'm in a 3,500 calorie deficit, I'm going to burn a pound of fat. It's science. Like that, that's not the, you're assuming that the body is working. Like we can't predict the fuel economy of an engine that we make a hand built <laughs> engine and you cannot predict the fuel economy, but you're telling me that you can predict the fuel economy of a human body. Like it's just, yep. it's the silliest thing ever. Right. Um, this, this foster study, I wanted to run this one by you. So this is PMID. I'll put a link to this in the show notes. PMID 20679559 weight and metabolic outcomes after two years on a low carbohydrate versus low fat diet, a randomized trial. This is on PubMed. So for this trial on 307 adults pitted against a low fat calorie controlled diet against an Atkins diet that was unlimited in calories. And investigators found almost no difference in the health or weight loss of the subjects on the two diets, except notably, side note, that HDL cholesterol improved by 23% on the Atkins diet, where no such advantage was seen on the low-fat dieting group. thought that was a funny little tidbit to add. So I hope this clears up some confusion and helps explain why calories are a flawed metric that I do not use and I forbid all my clients to use. Here again, especially because it scares most people out of eating fat, which is deadly. Fat is our primary energy source. So my advice is forget that you ever heard that fat has nine calories per gram. Um, In Dr. Robert Kiltz's book, I'm just finishing this one up right now. This is so good, man. Actually, I have it right here. Um, I know this is audio only, but check this out. This book here, bro. uh, I'll I'll check that out. Oh man, so so good. Yeah, um, this, this is it's, it's just it's just a fun read from start to end. It's called Kiltz's Keto is Carnivore: A Guide for a Fertile Life and Beyond. He's a fertility doctor, as you know. Um, so this is out, this is out of page seventy-seven of his book. Glucose kills mitochondria. Mitochondria are this is bringing back flashbacks to uh, physics class and um, and chemistry in high school. <laughs> Uh, glucose kills mitochondria mitochondria are the essential energy factories for our cells like mini turbines they produce the energy that runs our cells that energy is called atp made from fatty acids when a person eats more food they produce more energy in the form of fat and store it for future use that is our fat stores and our only cellular energy you produce less energy and you accumulate more fat the more sugar you eat the more damage is caused to the mitochondria. Over time, you may actually lose mitochondria. Fat is the fuel for the body. All sugar and amino acids must be taken to the liver and converted to fat via insulin in the liver cells. Without that conversion, we would not be able to live. Fat is the only fuel for your body. Uh, These are my thoughts now. 
you 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 mostly convert you you convert most sugar and excuse me you you must convert uh, sugar and amino acids to fat to be able to, to to be able to survive. Sugar and amino acids are not direct fuels for the mitochondria. We do not have to eat carbs ever. There are no essential uh, carbohydrates. There are only essential fatty acids and essential amino acids. Human beings are carnivores, not omnivores. So once again, forget that fat has nine calories per gram. In all of my experience and studies that I've ever seen someone be, I, I have never seen someone become overweight on a low carb diet. Personally, I've just never seen it happen. Eat the right food, everything else falls into place. Repeat it with me. Eat the right food, worship the right dude. That's kind of the point of this of this show. <laughs> watch watch most of your problems go away or become easier to deal with when you got those two principles nailed down. Yeah, it's like and to go back to your study, it's almost like the human body is designed to tell us when you're full. Like mm-hmm. you don't need restriction and people oh my gosh, you restrict your diet. Yes. Yeah. I restrict adding all of these additives to my food and ultra processing. Yeah. Shocker. How dare I not eat this man-made stuff? Right. If you eat the right foods, your body will tell you when you're full, you don't need to count calories. Your body will do it for you. Like you can have your energy surplus. You can have calories, you, whatever you want. I don't care. You eat the right food. Your body will tell you. And the comeback will always be, Oh, you eat 6,000 calories of meat and you'll get fat. Guess what? Do you have any idea how hard that is? Like I cannot stomach eating that much meat. Now maybe I, I can't either. I've, I've never seen somebody do it. Yeah, right. So, and it actually brought up another one. You know, when excuse people, me, I've, like but, obviously I've seen somebody eat that much meat, and like I've done that multiple times too. And then that's when you don't eat for like two more days. You're just yeah, you're right. Like, you can't <laughs> just continue. Like you can't just do that every day. That's when you. That's when you do a forty-eight hour fast. <laughs> Yeah. And this is why food matters and why it's important. And so I was actually, I actually heard this the other day and then I did some more research on it. Um, Up until the early 1900s, there was generally, actually until 2000, there was only officially recognized as four tastes, right? So you had sweet, sour, bitter, um, and spoiled. I want to double check that. I want to make sure that uh, I actually have spoiled as that right one. Uh, four tastes uh sweet sour salty and bitter sweet sour salty and bitter okay and those were the four recognized tastes and a japanese scientist in the early 1900s discovered that there was a savory one it was called umami um it's a japanese term and oh yeah it, I, I actually actually like umami seasoning it's really right. hard to describe. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know how it, I don't know how exactly. to describe how it tastes, but it tastes good. Of course, I'm not touching so, it now because I'm on the lion diet. But so, it actually, yeah. it actually took until the 2000s to officially be recognized as the fifth taste, and that's savory. Huh. The guy who discovered umami, he uh, started producing it and started um, monetizing it. You know what it's called? It's called monosodium huh. glutamate. MSG. Okay. Umami is MSG. It's literally added to food to make that taste better. And if you've ever sat down and gone to a Chinese, it's very common in, in Asian food. If you've ever gone and you eat yeah. and you're like, man, I just, I just can't stop, right? That's literally, food is literally designed to do that. It's the, the Pringles, right? Once you pop, you can't stop. It's literally their slogan. 
They are literally telling you in their advertisement, we have engineered this food for you not to be able to stop eating it. Yeah. That's not normal. Dr. Dr. Anthony Chafee and Dr. Kiltz would both, would both tell you that it's because the plants are, plants are the ultimate predators. And so their whole goal is to, is to to kill you and you become their fertilizer. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, you're, you're now combating this and the restriction is removing that from you because guess what? When I eat meat, when I eat eggs, when I eat bacon, I stop when I'm full. Like there's no part of ribeye as much as I love ribeye. There's no part of ribeye that's forcing me to continue to eat. My body doesn't go keep eating, keep eating, keep eating. Right, keep right, eating. right. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing the same thing. Like it's, it, it, there's, there's a point in my meal where I go, whoa, okay, I'm done. I'm full. And I stop and, and I box and, it up and I put it away. And, and yeah, and, and I, exactly. That's what I do too. And, and, I've, and it becomes leftovers for the next day. And then that might be lunch. That might be dinner. I don't know. It just depends on whenever I'm hungry. But I, I was never able to experience that in my life until I stopped eating carbs. Once I cut out carbs and once I cut out plants, like especially on the lion diet, man, it's just easiest thing in the world. You know exactly when you're hungry and when you're not. And that's, that is the one other, concession. Most, most, pe- most people think they're hungry when they're not really hungry. They're either bored or they're stressed out or they're having a craving. There's a huge difference between a craving and hunger. You and I have never been to a concentration camp. Those yeah. people that have could tell you what true hunger feels like. You and I are fortunate enough in, 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 the, in the lifestyles that we, that we live today to not have to even think about what true hunger really is. If you think if you think you're hungry, it's probably more of a craving. Um, that my my, fa- my favorite thing my favorite thing to do is, is is just go. Okay, if I think if I think I'm hungry, if I think it's time to eat lunch, I'm gonna wait 15 minutes and see see, see if I'm still hungry. And like half the time, I'm just I'm I'm not anymore. I'm like I don't know. I got preoccupied doing this, and now I'm not hungry. Now I'm not hungry the rest of the day. I don't even think about it. Like yesterday, went the whole day without food. And then I didn't even go through the trouble to cook it, man. Like I was actually kind of ashamed to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram like I normally do because I just, I, I, I didn't even cook it. Like it just looked like crap. It just looked terrible. It was just like all the leftover burgers and everything from the 10 pound batch that I made earlier this week. And so I just finished all of them, but man, it's, it's, del- it's, it's delicious. It's really, really good. It's like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Food, food tastes awesome. Food tastes great. But when you're eating exclusively animal products, it does something to your brain and you know when you're hungry and when you're not. And if you have to skip a meal, it's just, it's, easy, it's the easiest thing in the world. Do not miss one piece of broccoli. That's for sure. <laughs> it's it's almost like eating the right foods helps regulate your hormones, which are supposed to tell you when you're full and when you're hungry. Wow. Wow. Oh, mind-blowing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've solved obesity. Like, it's... Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. All right, I think I think I think we've uh, man like if if these, if if these assholes are listening to this, um, I mean, hey guys, like uh, come on and 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 and, de- and debate this with us on our podcast. Like if you want if you want to go live on Instagram, YouTube, wherever, okay. I mean, like I'm old school. I like to talk man to man, and so um, I think that we've pretty much just covered all the all the all that we need to there. Uh, let's go into something a little bit more helpful for 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 our listeners. So the biggest uh, the. The biggest thing that I get when some when someone's like, "Hey, I really want to go carnivore, but uh, I just have I just have like a, a couple things that are making me nervous about starting." Just like somebody that is like just heard about it, wanting to get into it. Um, usually, the biggest concern that I hear is that I can't afford it. So I wanted to. So I just had a, so so I just had a question for you, man. Um, what's the cheapest recipe from your carnivore cooking ebook? Um, it is probably, I have a, uh, chuck roast with chimichurri sauce. Mm. In it. 
Because ginger, it's literally just sour cream and and parsley. Whoa, because I love chimichurri, but like I didn't know that you could make it without olive oil and there's other ways to make it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so there, there's done a couple. This is a creamy one, so it, the it's not as traditional as your standard like olive oil and all that. Um, it does have some some herbs and plants in it, but the biggest thing that I have found is being able to take a roast, make it taste like a steak, and then that's like that's literally all you need. And if you're in terms of budget, go. so like I, I sent you a, a picture yesterday. I made a post, um, hundred ten dollars. And I got about 20 pounds of meat. And that's with buying a three pound tomahawk. That was $11 a pound. Uh, I got about 12 pounds of chuck roast for under $4 a pound. That's if you literally, if you want to talk about carnivore and you want to eat eggs and chuck roast, you can literally do it for under $10 a day. Like no problem whatsoever. Oh yeah. Um, And that, that would be eating two pounds of chuck roast and a dozen eggs. And that's, that's a decent amount of food. Like that's going to be more food than most people um, could eat in a day. Sure. So as far as like budget, bacon's cheap, eggs, cheap, eggs, if you're on a budget, that's why you should be on the carnivore diet. Yeah. As soon as you start removing everything else, like you'd be surprised how far your money goes. The only thing you need is a freezer. Like, so when you have sales, you can stock up and, you can eat meat all day long, good cuts, um, solid cuts, ground beef for under five dollars a pound, no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what one of my clients, Linnell, um, her her big thing is just sale, uh, sale shopping. So she just goes into Costco mm-hmm. and she just and she, and she and she just goes, all right, let's just let's just find whatever's on sale. She figures out how to put it in her macros. Like it's 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 su- it's super super easy. Um, here's my diet cost breakdown as of right now. Because you know me being on contest prep and like I'm I'm like like super meticulous about every single thing and so I so, so I so I did all the math so I did all the math a couple of days ago and here's what I came up with so my diet as of now um, I'm eating mostly 73% ground beef so it's fattier than 80 20 right there's a reason that I'm doing this so we buy 10 pound logs at a time at 29.94 each that's 2.99 a pound that is 19 cents per ounce. So 160 ounces, which is 10 pounds, cooks that cooks out to 100 ounces the way that I cook it. 100, 100 ounces cooked um, weight of the meat, and then 60 ounces of drippings. Of the 60 ounces of drippings, there's 40 ounces of fat, which is tallow, and there's 20 ounces of gelatin. So that gelatin is very similar to bone broth. It's what Jello is made out of. Um, I eat it cold sometimes with a spoon. I think it's I think I think it's actually pretty freaking good, uh, especially with the right salts with the right salts and just like a little bit of cold ground beef. Um, that's also become um, uh, an, an effective uh, um, satiety hack when I need it because like as I'm getting like uh, as I'm getting shredded and like as I'm getting really really close to stepping on stage. Then, like, there's, there, there's, for me, there, there, there's hunger. I'm not one oh, of those yeah. guys that, that can be like completely full through an entire for contest sure. prep, right? Like, it doesn't matter what diet you're on, you're gonna get hungry at some point if your goal is to get below five percent body fat. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that being, so that being said, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a helpful appetite suppressant because it's because like it tastes really, really good, but it's so nutrient dense, particularly with the with the collagen and what it does for your connective tissues that. I think that that's why it works so well. It's an excellent source of collagen and essential and uh, essential amino acids. So, 
Um, occasionally stake too. I'll do that sometimes, like whenever we have a big break in cash, but I'm not going to lie, man, I'm a full-time online coach, right? This isn't like, this isn't exactly the business plan to become a millionaire. So, um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to keep as absolutely lean of a budget as I can. And, uh, Celtic sea salt, that only costs about two cents a day. The only supplements that I'm taking right now is Cerule, which is a stem cell and joint health supplement and vitamin D. So the total cost of my supplements is 15 cents a day. Bone broth every other day from venison bones, uh, leftover bones from rotisserie chickens, ribs. All my all my family knows that we uh, we that we love that we love bone broth, so we like literally never run out of those. So that's another tip too. Is if you have family that that you know, it's just like say, hey, I'm making bone broth. Just like save all of your bones. It doesn't matter. Save all of your like. It, it doesn't matter if it's pork ribs, beef ribs. Uh, like I said, uh, rotisserie chicken, whatever. Right now, I'm doing just nothing but uh, venison bones and bones from ruined animals here again because I'm on the lion diet. So uh, no multivitamins, um, obviously, because a species-appropriate diet provides all the nutrients that you need, except for vitamin D. I don't get enough sunlight. <laughs> That's my only excuse on that one. <laughs> uh, no butter or additional supplements of any kind. So the total cost for Coach Colt's diet is $5.59 per day. That is $5.52 a beef. 17 cents of salt and supplements. Uh, that is $37.93 per week. Most people spend that when they go out to dinner for one night. That is $151.74 per month. We, 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 we don't eat out very often. Um, we're, you know, uh, my, my just kind of running on a budget right now. And so I just think that's one more reason to go carnivore. And then one more thing on that, um, organ meats. Uh, you don't have to go nose to tail to do to, to do the carnivore diet properly. Um, I believe there's benefits to including organ meats, particularly when you're sick. It's a good idea to have kidney and uh, liver. Both of those are very, very good for your immune system. Um, but most organ meats, like particularly the liver, are cheap or, or even or even just free in some cases. Like there's local butchers that like they, they just like nobody wants them. And so they don't know what to do with them. And so. Um, ask around and, and, and keep, and, and, and seriously keep your eyes out for organ meats. Last thing on that is that, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to do, if you're going to do liver, um, my favorite thing lately has been calf liver, calf liver mm -hmm. from calf liver from Costco. Oh my God, bro. Just so, so good. And so fresh, way more fresh than, uh, than beef liver. And my daughter and I are both into it. We eat it raw, man. <laughs> Two favorite ways to eat it are like literally raw, uh, straight, straight out of the package. So you definitely want to want to wait like a you know uh just like i wouldn't let it go thawed for like more than a day if you're gonna do this um i'm not i'm not a doctor and so if you're gonna do this hey it's at your own risk <laughs> like obviously um but 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 it it it, it, it tastes great man and then um in my in my fit my absolute favorite way to make it for sure is to just uh dice it up into a bunch in, into a bunch of little pieces um with with salt okay right after you do that you put it in your you put it in your bowl and then you um, heat up your, and then you heat up your bone broth to a boil, and just pour the bone broth over top of it. That's how. That's essentially how they make pho. Like yeah. they, they, they just, it's, it's just, it's just raw meat, like flash cook like that. And man, it's like it's raw, but yet it's cooked at the same time. And oh my god, the flavor combination is just out of this world. It is so good, man. And it's, and it, people just don't like the way that it sounds. I'm like, just try it, okay? If my four, if my four year old daughter loves it. And seriously, every time she sees me making it, like she she begs for it. I don't know. Maybe 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 you've just been eating a standard American diet for 30, 40, 50 years, and this is kind of all you know. Um, go out on go out on faith. Try carnivore. You'll feel so much better.
And if you do it and you stick with it, I don't think you'll go back. You notice that you don't see carnivores go back. You hear about all these carnivores that used to be vegan. You never hear about vegans that used to be carnivore. They don't exist. <laughs> exactly. Because nobody, like, once you actually eat, like, yeah, sure, people will be like, oh, people go off carnivore. Yeah, carnivore is not necessarily designed for every single person to stick with it. Most people go carnivore and then start reintroducing some foods. And so technically they're not carnivore anymore. Who yeah. cares? It's also right. not a cult. Guess what? If I yeah. want to eat a bunch of junk tonight, I can eat a bunch of junk. It's okay. And I'm not going to stop recording podcasts with you because you did that. <laughs> right? Like, guess what? There will probably be a time where I post a cheesecake and I'm like, guess what suckers? I ate it. It's okay. Like it's yeah. not all it does. But, but, but see, but see, you know, your limits. I know my yeah. limits. I, I can't do that. I haven't, I haven't touched sugar in over a year because if I did that, that would F me up mentally. And I would, I would feel like crap the next day. Um, that I, I'm a bit more sensitive to it than that. Um, I'm also, <laughs> uh, so my, so my, so my son's autistic and, and, and the, and the more that we're like being involved in the special education department and kind of like everything that we're doing, that, that we're doing with our son right now, we're kind of like looking at special Olympics right now and thinking if that might be a possibility for him. But, um, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that I'm kind of autistic as well. I, I, I do have a lot of the same tendencies that, um, that, that he has and, uh, autistic people in particular, um, well, uh, well, I, I, I can only really speak for my son and I've heard, and I've heard this from, from, from other people that have, you know, um, that, that, that also have autistic children, but, um, it is night and day for him, man. When he is, when, 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 when he, when he has, when he has sugar, oh my gosh, man, just like behavioral issues are, 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 are extremely difficult to control. Um, and I'm kind of the same way, man. Like when, when I, when I, when I eat carbs, right. When I, when I eat uh, any kind of sugar, I'm just, I'm just kind of grouchy. I'm just, I'm just kind of a jerk. And I just learned that about myself a long time ago. And I was like, you know what? Uh, it's just, it's not sustainable for me. I don't need that in my life anymore. And I'm okay with not having it. But I mean, most people, I agree with you. The thought of doing that would probably make them go crazy. And most people can have a piece of cheesecake and have like, um, a whole bunch of carbs one day and be just fine the next day. I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen the research on, um, low carb, uh, keto for aut autism? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We've, we've, what, what, which, what, 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 which, which research are you talking about? Um, I don't have one off the top of my head, but I've, I have seen that in my, as a, um, a beneficial diet for, um, a reduction in autism symptoms. Oh yeah. Uh, Dr. Anthony Chafee talks about it all the time. He has a really good, good video on what, um, on what the carnivore diet does for people that, that, that have autism. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely knowing yourself, right? Like I know there's mm -hmm. certain stuff that I eat that I don't feel good. And I'm like, man, why'd I do that? Like, and then I, I want to go back to how I was eating because I feel better. Like it's not restrictive when I feel better. Like yeah. I don't understand why people can, you got to live a little, you know what living a little is living is feeling good. Like yeah. <laughs> why, why would I eat right. something so I can get a dopamine hit and feel worse? Like, yeah. I don't, man, I don't get it. Like, yeah, sure. Call it restrictive all you want. I feel great. Like I feel better than I did in my twenties. Like stuff doesn't hurt like it used to. Yep. So why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I just keep doing it? And why wouldn't I tell people, See, that, and that's a little bit different. I can use yeah. this angle. I don't sell coaching services. I don't right. sell the diet. I don't. I sell physical products. But guess what? I'm not out here to try and convince you to do it so I can make money. I'm out here because I think you'll feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> What'd you have for dinner last night? Uh, Ribeye. I, uh, 
I broke down, uh, I bought a couple roasts over Christmas that were $5 a pound, like $5 prime rib. Uh, I think I bought like four or five of them and had them in the freezer. And it's super easy. All you got to do is break it down. You can break it down into a, a uh, rib section and some nice, thick, boneless ribeye cuts. And it's cheaper than almost anything else. Nice. What's on the menu for you for you tonight? I actually haven't eaten yet today. Um, and that's the other thing. It's like I'm not – I do this actually quite often, which is a little difficult when I'm trying to bulk. But I, I'll get there and I'll be like, man, am I going to eat before or after? Eh, I'll just eat after. Like it's not a big deal. Like I don't – I'm not that hungry right now. I could have yeah. eaten two hours ago or I could eat two hours later. Like I have this window and it's not that big of a deal and I'm not a slave to food. Like I have to eat like I was before. Right. Um, but right now like, I have. Like, like, like what, what I, when I was eating five meals a day on contest prep, like, like if, if I missed a meal, man, like it was like, it was like. You're in trouble. Attack. Oh, you're yeah. You're screwed. Sure. Like, man, you're little, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm feeling shaky and I'm like, yeah, like, like I got to go. Like I got to eat. And I'm just like, Dude, I, I think of how much more I could have got done back. Uh, this, this, is, this is five years ago when I, when I when I was living in when I was living in Seattle. This was right before my uh, this is right before my eighth eighth show, um, and so I was so I was prepping for, and so and so and so I, I was I was prep I was eating five meals a day, all of them in uh, the the six six pack um, uh, container. You know you know what six oh, pack yeah. six pack fitness is right. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's the best. It's the best for on the on the go tupperware if you're a bodybuilder. <laughs> anyway, um, so I. With so so my, my uh, they, they were all the same amount of carbs, same amount of protein, same amount of fat. You know, just everything that my coach had me on. Um, had had a great coach too, by the way. I mean, he's he's uh, seriously an awesome guy. Um, but anyway, I would uh, eat one of eat one of those like seriously on my on my way to on my way to 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 work. I would eat one on my lunch break, obviously, and then like after work, then I would um I would go hit my workout. I would come back and then I'd eat my next meal. And then that's when I was doing stand-up comedy. So I would go to probably like two or three stand-up comedy clubs and, um, and everybody else is drinking beer. I'm not drinking beer, obviously. <laughs> I'm like writing down my material and everything and making sure that I'm going to nail my jokes and hit all my punchlines and everything that, I, that, I, that I've been practicing. Okay, go up, do my set, see what jokes land, see what jokes bomb, get in my car. And then eat my steak and sweet potatoes and <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and, 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 my, and my broccoli. Make sure I got to get my fiber in right. And then and, and and man, if I if I missed any of those meals, it was just like it was just like a straight up anxiety attack. I'm like, dude, if I could do if I could go back again and do that, and if it was just like one meal a day, and I, and I, and I just didn't have to and I and I didn't have to do it. Like I probably I, I probably could have hit one more club every single night <laughs> on top right, of that. Like and and yeah. then I, and then I could just eat my one meal when I get back. And like, that's how I would do it. If I could go back and do it all over again, man, it's like, screw what it does for bodybuilding. Screw what it does for your aesthetics. Like you get 90% of your life back. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. And I, I was just on a, the podcast with uh, Dr. Tro, the low carb uh, MD. Mm. Mm. And he, he said that he's like, yeah, you're no, you're no longer a slave to food. Like you yeah. do not have to build your day around food. And I'm like, that's exactly it. Like I literally eat when it's convenient now. Yeah. And like I said, I always bring up my, my tattoo. I had like, he's like, Hey, plan for seven hours. And initially I was like, shoot, what am I going to like? Oh man, what am I going to do for food? I'm going to bring food. I was like, wait, it's not a big deal. Like I literally eat about an hour before I go, go do it, get home and eat again. It's not a big deal. Like I can go yeah. eight, nine, 10 hours without eating. Do I enjoy it most of the time? No. Like I'd rather eat sooner. But if I have something going in the morning and I don't eat until one o'clock in the afternoon, it's not a problem at all. Yeah. I'm not going to eat till 12 right now. It's not a problem. I'm not hungry. I'm not feeling low energy. I'm not 
I mean, I might be a little cognitively off, but that's just me. That's not my food. So it's like it, it doesn't have this same effect. And it is, it is liberating to be able to do this and not have those low carb, like low sugar, shaky feelings. Like that was the worst for me. Sure. Are you typically a workout fed guy or a workout fasted guy? So I used to be fed, like, and that's the other huge things. Like I was the guy who literally ate as I was walking onto the gym floor. Like I well, had that, that, to... that, that, that's, what, that's what people tell you to do. Like I go, I go into my gym and I see people eating a banana on the treadmill thinking that they need to have it before they work out. <laughs> I was even, I was even more than that. I had to eat my full meal. Like I was like chicken and rice. Wow. And it was not just, Hey, I just need like a little bit of a boost of carbs. I had to eat my full meal within 30 minutes of starting my workout. Yeah. And once I started my workout, I was okay. Um, hmm. now it, it doesn't matter. Like I can do it fasted. I can do it three hours after I eat. I don't like to do it. So I'll, I've started working out in the afternoon. I don't like to do it if I have, you know, a huge window yeah. of before I've eaten, but I can do it fasted at 10 o'clock in the morning and not have hmm. a problem whatsoever and not notice any decrease in energy or strength or any of it. Um, so yeah, it yeah, doesn't matter now. The last hockey game that I played, a uh, recreational hockey game that I played with my bro- with my brothers was uh, was was at the end of a twenty four hour fast, and I was I was just excited to play the game, you know. And you're, you're and if your body's fat adapted, you you go you go right into ketosis. It's no problem. You're just not hungry whatsoever because you get into that uh, fight or flight mode. You know, if a lion hasn't just when in doubt, think like a lion, eat like a lion, live like a lion. Right? What do what do lions do if they haven't eaten anything in in, in twenty four hours, and then they're gonna go chase a gazelle so that they can go eat it like they, they don't need a pre-workout meal no their body their body goes into ketosis and they go eat they, they go find their own they, they kill it they eat it and they rest and digest and they they, they might not eat for like another day or two yeah. human beings are the same both of us are at the top of the food chain for a reason facts <laughs> cool. all right man this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation thanks again man it's always a pleasure every single time bro what is what is the hottest project you're working on right now like where are you most active probably your podcast right you're putting out one uh, like like a couple a week, once a week. I I went down to once a week, so I wasn't uh, um, I didn't feel like I was in a time crunch. Like I could take a couple weeks off from recording. Uh, yeah, once a week. Um, that one's pretty heavy. Uh, nice. Trying to do yeah, more I'm doing, reaction I'm, I'm, videos. I'm doing, I'm doing I'm doing three a week right now. I can relate. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's like podcasts are mentally draining, so it's I try not to do too many of them because it just like there's no break right you can't just like zone out for a little bit and and take a mental break um yeah got some uh got some stuff works in the works as far as more physical products to bring and then uh yeah just slowly grinding it away finally getting a little traction on instagram which is nice um have my traction on on x like x is my most popular platform by by far so yeah just grinding it out awesome got links to all the all, all, all the all the above in the show notes check it out Thanks a lot, Carnivore JT. We'll be talking again real soon. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for this entire interview with Carnivore JT. If you found it helpful, please share it with a friend. We'll catch you on Monday. As always, we'll get you pumped up for another big week. That'll be episode uh, 231. I'm going to leave you with some words from Jesus, (laughs) Uh, more specifically from Paul, actually. But uh, this is the word of God, though, which is why I said that. So anyway, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Everything is permissible but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. 
No one should seek his own good, but the good of the other person. And then I'm just going to keep going into verse 25. Actually, this is kind of funny. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. <laughs> I just had to add that one in there. All right. This is this is a book about the word of God, not about um, not not about nutrition. And then, of course, our battle cry at supersetyourlife.com is let me find it one second here. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. God bless you, everybody. Thanks so much for joining again. We'll catch you next Monday.